Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are here to talk about one thing and one thing only today, and that is the Music City Bowl, Purdue versus Tennessee, the premier bowl game of the entire college football season. I thought about yelling and getting excited, but these bowl games just, like, take my life away. Hey, everyone knows you put the important bowl games on a Thursday at the end of the month uh, at 3 p.m. <laughs> that is that is where you put the game that you want the most eyeballs and has the best t- the best matchup. So I don't want to hear any negativity. How many bowl games are there now, Ledman? Oh gosh, I don't even know. I want to say there's like 55 or something. Right. Like, just make it like 30, and then you can like kind of pretend that they matter. Uh, apparently there are 44. Yeah, like uh, according 30. to Google, um, and at least one of them is canceled as of today. The Gator Bowl, uh, not going forward due to COVID issues. So technically, there's going to be 43 bowl games. Are we worried about that with our game? I don't know. Um, you know, it's Tennessee. I, I, there's definitely no rules, right? I don't know um, the vaccination rate of either team. I don't know the protocols for when someone has to sit out. Um, I don't know if those are set by the conferences or if those are set by the schools or the bowl game itself. So. I'm not sure how that is going to uh, interplay with this game. But at this point, I think, I mean, we haven't heard anything, so we just have to assume that the game will be going forward as is. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, and uh, I took a look at the odds on uh, DraftKings. Purdue is uh, a plus four and a half points, and the over-under is at 63 and a half. And I was saying before we started recording that I feel like the under there makes a lot of sense to me. I mean – 63 and a half. Purdue doesn't have David Bell. We saw what the off, it, it, at times the offense can struggle without David Bell, but the Purdue offense has, you know, grown a little bit since then. We've had more weapons emerge, but 63 and a half seems fairly high to me, Casey. And it, it sounded like to me you disagreed with that. I do. For one, I think we're really going to struggle, uh, slowing down their offense. Tennessee is a high powered team that one of the most efficient offenses in the country. They, Run the ball well. They throw the ball well. They have an athletic quarterback. It's their one weakness 
was their offensive line. So the absence of no Karloftis yeah. makes me worried about how our defense is going to slow them down. And then at the other end, I think we've just been really good. Uh, we're in a rhythm. AOC has looked good. Yes, David Bell has been great. We pepper him the ball a lot. But AOC is also moving the ball around. We throw it a lot. We've got a lot of different kind of weapons. So I think we can manufacture a good to pretty good offense against a Tennessee defense that's decent but not great. All right. I mean, that's fair. Um, I do worry about the Purdue defense matching up against a fairly accurate and fairly mobile quarterback in Hendon Hooker, um, who is, of course, the starting quarterback from Tennessee. We mentioned it on the podcast when the uh, matchup was announced, but he currently completes 69% of his passes for 2,567 yards. He's only thrown three interceptions on the season compared with 26 touchdowns, and he's also run for 561 yards and that has been a problem for this Purdue defense, uh, not only this season, but years in the past. So to me, that is the biggest problem that this team could face. Did someone die? <laughs> Sorry. Home My wife is getting four. ice. My wife is getting ice out of the ice machine. Perfect timing. Love the foley. Are you recording, by the way? Oh, we yeah. Didn't ask. I didn't ask before we started. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're doing it live. Okay. And we're good to go. She's done getting ice. <laughs> and I mean, we've only, yeah. So that is what worries me. I think Hinden Hooker is going to be a problem for Purdue um, running and passing the ball. But uh, especially without Karloftis, I mean, we have to have somebody contain the edge, and I'm not sure if we have the players to do it at this point without Karloftis. Yeah, because it, it kind of feels like our defensive line was a decent surprise all season. But a lot of that is because we know Karloftis is being double and triple teamed every time that he goes after a quarterback. So. How do those defensive linemen work now that they're no longer getting one-on-one matchups everywhere? It is a bad offensive line right. for Tennessee. Uh, they give up a sack on almost 11, or over 11% of their dropbacks. That's that's very bad. Yeah. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, do we send a lot of pressure? Do we – how do we – we have struggled consistently as a program against athletic quarterbacks. So how do we manage to – get after him while still keeping him contained to the pocket. And that's something that, you know, you would really count on Karloftis doing. So like you said, I don't know who fills that hole, but it's going to be a big one. And I, I, w- I would say that's going to hurt us more than even Bell's absence on offense. Yeah, I I, I feel like that makes sense to me, um, Karloftis being the, the bigger missing piece, because we have seen throughout, you know, the second half of Purdue's football season that a lot of receivers stepped up, a lot of players, and there are other people who can step up and, and take on a bit of the, of the role that Bell did. No one can truly replace him because he's such a talent, but as far as Karloftis being gone, you know, like you said, those double teams are no longer coming his way, so it puts more pressure on everybody else who's on that defensive line and those linebackers, um, to contain the edge and be able to fill those gaps. So, I just hope that Purdue can game plan enough in order to contain um, Hooker. Um, I think he is the key to this Tennessee offense, and if Purdue can slow him down, they've got a chance. Um, with 42 sacks allowed on the year, that does give me a bit of hope that even without Karloftis, Purdue can try to manufacture a bit of pass rush um, and find a way to get to the quarterback and slow down their offense. But that, to me, is going to be the biggest challenge is is the issue of Hendon Hooker. What's your feeling on Tennessee whiskey? I don't like whiskey in general, so I'm not really the person to ask on that. Sure. It's a good song. I, I can't 
place the song right now. Come on, Chris Stapleton? Oh, no, I don't listen to country music. <laughs> no, that's not me. <sighs> I... If I could pick, I think I could pick Chris Stapleton out of a lineup, but I could not tell you uh, anything about him other than that he is a country singer. He also wrote some Adele tunes. He wrote some of Adele's music. Oh yeah, I had no idea. See, you're just he, you're enlightening me more and more each time we record. He was a big songwriter before he ever broke it out as like a frontman. Ah, I see. I see. Good to know. <laughs> uh, so I mean. From from a Purdue perspective, I really hope um, it's a good fan presence. Given that the game is in Tennessee and we are playing Tennessee, that obviously prevents a, presents a bit of a challenge. Um, I'm worried that the uh, fan makeup will be a little skewed toward them, which would give Tennessee a, a de facto home game, which for a bowl game you never want to see. Um, you know, it's supposed to be a neutral site with fans that, that travel in and win – your fans have to travel out of state and their fans just have to, you know, uh, travel within the state. It makes a bit of a difference. Um, so that is one thing I'm worried about, uh, it being treated more like a road game than a neutral site game. That could be some trouble for Purdue. Yeah, we got the fuzzy end of the lollipop on that one. Ooh, that is a phrase I have not heard. No? No, I don't think so. I'm um, sure it's in a movie. Did, are you quoting Tony Stark, uh, horrible bosses right now? No. Oh, maybe. Maybe, but well, there's a scene in Horrible Bosses where uh, one of the characters says a phrase, and he goes, uh, "Nope, that's not a thing." And he goes, "Oh yeah, it is. I saw it on a movie once." Uh, and then the, in the uh, in the post credits goofs, he says, "It is now," and looks directly at the camera. So uh, that's a solid movie if you're looking for a recommendation. Horrible Bosses, Jason Sudeikis, Jason Bateman, Charlie Day, love it. Absolutely perfect movie. Do you know what's a good movie recommendation? Go what's see Spider Man. I would love to. I Go do to. it. Uh, but, you know, there's like not even a movie theater within half an hour of where I we am right now. We were just in Lafayette, and there were the gorgeous good rich theaters. I know, I know. With the loungy chairs. <sighs> it's very sad. I, I've got to find a way to see it. I know, I know. Soon, um, I know, yourself. soon. I know, I need to, I need to. So, uh, as you can tell, we're not entirely focused on this bowl game. It's because, the holiday season. Well, it's the holiday season, and... As we've discussed in the past, these bowl games are just a little silly. Um, you know, if Purdue wins, it looks great for their record. Um, it helps out Jeff Brom get a bit of a pay bump because of incentives and, you know, the way that's drafted into his contract. But I, I don't really think many recruits are going to look at this and be like, all right, they won the Music City Bowl. Now I'm going to Purdue, um, especially with the number of opt-outs that are happening in, happening in college football, which are, you know, perfectly fine with us, if we, as we've said in the past. But – We've got to figure out a way to make these bowl games mean a little bit more um, because ultimately they they just seem like tacked on money makers for different groups at this point, and I and I'm not really sure what purpose they serve. None. Like there, it's just such an awful premise. They're supposed to be I don't know legacy games or something. I I think I mean initially I think it's you know there were so few of them at the beginning that if you made a bowl game it really meant something you know it made a difference. Mm-hmm. That's why. So many like programs, they like haven't been to bowl games for like 20 years, and then all of a sudden more and more bowl games start popping up, and then everybody who gets a six and six record or a 500 record is going to a bowl game, and it just means less and less as they keep adding these games. Yeah, and I mean, it it, it doesn't really feel like. I remember as a kid, you used to be excited about certain like programs facing off. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because coaches leave all the time now or. 
we just have more non-conference big matchups. It just, I can't think of any school against school thing that gets me excited. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, there's just, there's been so much change in college football and college sports in general that there are, there are times where I honestly can't tell you who's in who, who's in which conference. Yeah, um, because, too. I mean, they've changed so much. So you see these matchups that you're like, Did, didn't they used to be in the same conference? Why would two teams in the same conference be in a bowl game? And then you realize, oh no, they moved or they're, you know, they just recently moved. They're in the process of moving again. Who knows? And it just kind of takes some of the fun out of it because like you said, normally these bowl games are going to be matchups that you would just never see. You know, you would never see the Big Ten play this Pac-10 team. And then that's why they played in the Rose Bowl. And it was so great because teams you'd never see play each other. You get to see how different styles of play would interact. And now with the commingling of all these conferences, the big out-of-conference games, and the the moving of the conference um members from one to another it does seem to have taken a little bit of the luster out of it so um you know maybe we're we're not as excited as we should be but i am excited to watch this purdue team one more time i think they were quite a surprise throughout the year uh, and i really hope they can put up a good showing uh, against tennessee and we don't have a repeat of the auburn situation from uh two seasons ago uh and where purdue just gets absolutely embarrassed and gets their doors blown off in the bowl game but casey do you see something like that happening or are we gonna avoid that this time that was a big sigh yeah i i you have to be slightly worried when a team knows their two best players are out and if it starts off poorly and like you said these these games aren't for much so i think they are ripe for blowouts if it goes poorly in say the first quarter but the way we've played our defense, you know, our team really came through towards the end of the year. I think AOC's got a lot of momentum, and now he's staying. So I think that offense is going to have a lot to play for because these guys on both sides of the ball, we're not losing a ton of people next year. So right, these guys should bandy together. I don't. Maybe there's something to uh, Tennessee trying to get Coach Brom a couple years ago. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, you kind of have to build narratives in to make it interesting, but right. There, there's definitely some concern just as Tennessee's offense is pretty elite, but I think we've we've shown ourselves capable against a Big Ten that was very bad. So I even if we do get blown out, it's going to be more of a, ooh, the Big Ten might have been even worse than we thought. Right, right. So I, I don't think we want to make predictions today because we will have one more podcast that comes out. It should come out the day of the bowl game. So I think we're going to leave that until that podcast. But, Casey, do you have any more details on the Waffle House situation? Day of my death. Yes. No, um, we'll post something probably day after Christmas on the Twitter. Get the Venmo out there and see if we can get Boiler Nation to uh, get the Waffle House employees some extra Holiday cash. There you go. And there you go. And just a reminder, Casey is not going to be profiting off this in any no. way. All this money will go directly to the I, staff, the cooks, the servers, whoever's out there helping him uh, survive these hours and hours in Waffle House. So yeah, you are not <laughs> you are not giving Casey Bartley money, uh, which he will spend on waffles and booze. You are uh, helping out those folks who are working at Waffle House. Yeah, I'm going to be just the guy miserable on Twitter. I'm going to get so much syrup on my phone. Like well, that's got to be a concern. Sure. I wonder if they have wet wipes, if they have some wet wipes there for you. I guess I bring some. At Waffle House. If nothing else, go buy some uh, Go buy some baby wipes, and that should help take care of the problem. Yeah, that that will be a great conversation. It's like plop that down on the counter. Well, you know. Ready. It just 
it's going to look weird no matter what you pull out of your pocket. Wet wipes, baby wipes, doesn't matter. So, uh, do you think they'll and, have heard of the Waffle House challenge? Probably. At least they're all like mid fifties women. Well, you, you got to think maybe the cook will be uh, a sports fan and and has seen something about that guy who did it for fantasy football a little while back, um, or any of the other times it's kind of percolated back into the sports world. Ooh, what if I go viral? These there things you come go. Back right? Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to your newfound stardom uh, to bump up these numbers and maybe we'll get that uh, sweet Spotify uh, money <laughs> coming our way. So. Really, if we don't, it's uh, it's on you and it's a complete failure. Yeah, we might do some fun things where uh, maybe we'll have some people donate for uh, a sprint around the Waffle House. Oh, that would be great. Stuff like that. Uh, maybe you, well, here's what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. I think right when you get there, uh, get out your phone. you got to stop watching on your phone. Time yourself just once on your own, <laughs> sprinting around, and that way we have a baseline. So that we know, uh, like, Casey can do this in, uh, I have no ba- no idea how long it would take you, 52 seconds. And then we're like, okay, three waffles in, he can do it in 59 seconds, not so bad. And then after eight waffles, he's like, okay, it took him two minutes to get around. The advanced metrics of waffles yeah. eaten to ram. Yeah, so, so I'd like to see that. So just if you can do that for me, just do a sprint uh-huh. around right when you get there, and then we'll see where it goes. Well, well, you, you tip the waffle house jar. And there you go. All right, make we'll it happen. See. We'll make sure to put that out there. So uh, look for that on Twitter and look for something on the website as well about this because we want to make sure uh, that we can help those folks out because they will have to be putting up with Casey yeah. for quite a while. So um, that is all we have for you tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Happy holidays. Whenever you're listening to this, uh, we hope you're out there safe, having some fun with family. So for Casey and myself, everyone have a great holiday season. Happy holidays.